He's Pittsburgh born and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. On 970 ESPN and now on 106.3 FM. You want to know what compromise looks like? Looks like the NBA. Does the NBA run better than the NFL? Well, to the players, yes. When Sterling Brown, the rookie for the Milwaukee Bucks, was tased by police officers, did the Milwaukee Bucks go all wishy-washy and talk about what a tough job being a cop was? Or did they look at the facts and speak the truth? I say the latter. Here's the statement released by Milwaukee, quote, The abuse and intimidation that Sterling experienced at the hands of the Milwaukee police was shameful and inexcusable. Sterling has our full support as he shares his story and takes action to provide accountability. Unfortunately, this isn't an isolated case. It shouldn't require an incident involving a professional athlete to draw attention to the fact that vulnerable people in our communities have experienced similar and even worse treatment. Incidents like this remind us of the injustices that persist. Holy crap, that is an NBA team admitting that there actually is a problem. The NFL didn't do anything like that. Is the NBA better at this than the NFL? They don't allow players to stand during the anthem. But Silver allowed players to wear I Can't Breathe t-shirts. Donald Sterling, the racist owner of the Clippers, was forced to sell his team. NBA coaches like Stan Van Gundy, Greg Popovich, and Steve Kerr routinely complain about the president and moral and political issues without any recourse from the league, as does LeBron James, as does a litany of other players. The NBA can get away with making players stand for the anthem because they know that they have their league's blessing to get the message out. That is real compromise. Don't kneel, and you can say and do what you want. At no point has the NFL legitimately acknowledged police brutality. At no point has it been said that players don't have a point. Players feel like they're being listened to, but not hurt. It's just token listening. And saying that they can stay in the locker room during the anthem isn't because the league is really hearing their message, but just as a way to guard against the backlash of the kneeling. The NFL ain't really trying to compromise. They're trying to play both sides. The NBA in using empathetic language and in its understanding dialogue, has bought itself enough equity in asking its players to stand for the anthem. Real compromise is give and take. The NFL is trying to take everything while masking their true intentions. The NBA allows players and coaches to mouth off and send messages, just not at the anthem. The NBA ain't perfect, but they got it right with its players. 412-922-2874 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Art Rooney II talked yesterday to a group of reporters here in Pittsburgh, and he said, quote, but I don't think that it's that complicated to interpret what kind of actions manifest a protest, end quote. He thought that he had been misconstrued as saying that crossing your arms was something that could be punishable by the league, that Roger Goodell could hammer home his discipline because players are going to cross their arms or link arms, and he says that's not the case. He says it's fairly easy to determine what is a protest and what's not a protest, but why then not spell it all out for the players? Why not tell the players, fist in the air, that's not good. Why not tell the players, linking arms, that's not good. Why not tell players, grabbing your crotch, that's not good. Okay, that one. 
I got to figure that that one's not good at any time. But why not tell them exactly what they can and cannot do? But I don't even think that's what makes the players the most mad. I don't think that's what pisses them off as much as number six. Number six in the policy. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's the one that pisses all the players off, which says that Roger Goodell can punish players for what he deems to be punishable. Mr. Rooney, I love you, man. Good dude. Good family. Mean a lot to the town. They have donated to campaigns for political candidates that I have supported. They created the Rooney Rule. Good, decent people. But he's off the mark here. He's off the mark. Interpreting the actions isn't the problem. It's then interpreting what Roger Goodell is going to do after the actions are completed. Is Roger Goodell going to suspend a guy for a game? Is he going to suspend a guy for two games? Is he going to suspend a guy for four games? Is he going to fine him? How much is he going to be fined? Are players really going to lose their well-earned money for kneeling during the national anthem? Is that what's going to happen? Well, the kneeling we know, yes. The rest of it, we don't know. What is going to get a player suspended? What is going to get a player in trouble? All it says is that Roger Goodell can lay down his law. And I just imagine Roger Goodell doing that by opening up the doors, walking into whatever player's office it is. Maybe it's the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Let's say it's Artie Burns, pulling his pants down and just dropping them right there on the table. He can do that. It's in the CBA. He can do whatever he wants. It's in the CBA. It ain't about what you can and cannot do. It is about what the commissioner can and cannot do. And what he can't do is nothing because he can do everything. But where's the line? That's what's ambiguous. That's what scares players. And that sucks. 412-922-2874. Back to Puck. We haven't been talking enough Puck lately. Because of this damn anthem nonsense, all I want to do is talk about hockey. And, hey, I do this show in Pittsburgh. Usually we are talking about hockey right now. The Penguins want to trade Phil Kessel. I know this for a fact because Mark Madden reported it. And I trust Mark Madden. He knows his stuff. Now, will he say things to incite the hoi polloi? Will he say things to appeal to the bottom line or to annoy the lowest common denominator? Yeah, he will. But when he reports news, it's news that was going to be reported by somebody else that he got first that is legitimate news. Not to mention Ron Cook. That guy wrote a column ripping Phil. And he never does something like that unless he's got a good reason to. Mark Madden, well, he knows the Penguins. Ron Cook, well, he had somebody whispering in his ear. I don't think it's a coincidence that these things happen around the same time. So don't blame the media. Let's not make it about that. Let's not say hashtag fake news. No hashtag Team Phil. Don't get mad at Madden. If you want to get mad at Cook, fine. But it's not about that. Let's talk about the actual subject matter because I do believe it to be true. Phil reportedly wouldn't mind getting out. He wants to play on a line with Malkin. He doesn't want to have to be the big-time player on his own line. He wants the big-boy minutes. I can't say that I blame him there. However, I would rather him just be a team guy. The Penguins feel as though Phil put his Iron Man streak ahead of the team and didn't play well enough in these playoffs because of it. So, again, let's not rip the messengers here. How would you feel if they did it? If they traded Phil Kessel? For me, the Penguins don't have problems scoring goals. They did in the playoffs, but that was more, I think, about injury than anything else. They'd probably bring in another top six winger in addition to Daniel Sprong if they said goodbye to Phil. Maybe it's Michael Grabner. 
Another fast player who can put the puck in the net. He fits what the Penguins are trying to do. Perhaps the player that comes in return for Phil. Either way, I think the Penguins are going to be up fine up front a year from now. Crosby, Malkin, Broussard, Horney, Haglin, Gensel, Rust, Shahan, Sheary, Astonry, Sprong. That ain't their problem. The problem in the playoffs is that those guys were hurt. The third-line center was hurt. Derek Broussard wasn't the same player as he has been in playoff years past. Evgeny Malkin was not healthy in the playoffs, and Crystal Tang wasn't healthy all year long. Remember Malkin in Game 1 against the Flyers, the way that he got around Claude Giroux, the way he got to the net and threw that backhander into the top of the net? Yeah, that was burst, that was speed, that was skill. He didn't have the burst or the speed in the second round of the playoffs. That's the problem. So scoring won't be an issue if they're healthy, trust me. So maybe in return for Phil, they get a D-man, or they get a forward and use some cap space to get a better middle or bottom pair guy. I'm not totally against this, even though I think Phil's a great dude and an excellent hockey player. The downside, though, is that the Penguins didn't win one after 2009 without Mr. Kessel. Maybe he's the missing link. And if he's healthy next year in the playoffs, then maybe that's all you need to get back to the promised land. Here, though, is what I think. You ever been in a summer relationship? Go out to the beach, you meet someone, have a couple of tequila sunrises, and then next thing you know, you're tearing into each other like you're mad lovers. And you have fun for a month or two or three. But then reality hits. And eventually you say goodbye. Take care, Candace. <clears throat> Sorry. Did I drop a name just there? I didn't mean for that to happen. You say goodbye to her. She says goodbye to you. And all you have are the memories. Hey, good times. Got each other off. It was fun. You danced. It was tremendous. Had a couple drinks. Played in the sand. You loved her. For, for that. But not for real. Phil Kessel's just like that. Have a couple great summers. Have some fun. But maybe it's time for the amical breakup. Goodbye, Phil. We won a couple cups with you. Goodbye, Penguins. I won a couple cups with you. See you later. Or maybe you give it another go. One more roll in the hay. Either way, I'm okay with it. If Phil Kessel's going to be around, the Penguins are going to have a really good chance to win a cup if he's healthy. If Phil Kessel's not around, I have enough faith in Jim Rutherford to believe that they're still going to be in a position to contend for the Cup. All this is to say, Pittsburgh, come on, just relax. Trust Jim Rutherford. Trust the Penguins. Trust Mike Sullivan. They're going to be a contender next year either way. It's going to be fun. One way or another, Candace will be happy and so will you. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The Capitals are in the cup final. As a Penguins fan, that's gross. As a hockey fan, I love it. As both, I want to see Vegas be successful. Because Washington's fan base is all built up. Right now, they love the team. Baltimore's ratings are sky high in terms of TV. Washington's ratings are sky high in terms of TV. You mash them together, they would be the second highest rated market behind Pittsburgh in all of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But there's a lot more to gain, I think, for the league if Vegas wins. Last year, the playoffs had a 9% 
lower number in the conference finals than they do this year. You added a new market, Vegas. They're bringing a lot of viewers. You want them to be there from here on out. They win a championship. They hang a banner. The party's going to continue to next year. And they're going to have that fan base, however small it may be, that grassroots movement that's always going to love that team. And then maybe they find their Candaces, and maybe they breed, and Vegas fans are going to be everywhere in the West, and hey, hockey, growing, West, manifest destiny, here we go, let's do it. Because right now, the West sucks. It just does. You get past Detroit, and it's, where are the fans at? Oh yeah, Canada. Western Canada, fine. Western United States, not so much. Go Vegas for hockey. Go Vegas for Penguins fans. Go Vegas. Coming up next, we talk to Matt Gadgetka of DKPittsburghSports.com about all this stuff. I'm going to ask him about cookout food. Dogs, burgers, kielbasa, long gap, or pork shoulder. Need his opinion on that. He's going pork shoulder. We shall see. I feel it. It's the Crowley Show. Americans are always on the move. They're in the car or at the office or working around the house. Americans refuse to sit still. So how do you connect with all those moving targets? Easy with radio. Radio reaches 93% of Americans every week. More than Google, Facebook, and even television. Because, hey, it's time to sit around and watch TV. So when you want to connect with all those constantly moving adults, teens, and millennials, get to iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM Radio to work for your company. Who's uh, this Candace? Well, the only way that I can describe this is through song. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Let me hit me with it. Afternoon Delight, man. Oh, okay. I forgot how the song started, though, so that kind of ruins it. Yeah. Afternoon. Sky rockets in there you light. Go. Yeah. Woo! Afternoon Delight. A lot to cover in the last 39 minutes here of the show. Got this one from Doug. <laughs> First off, Brian's a bleep hole. Mr. Happy Helmet's a decent name. Pork shoulder becomes pulled pork, which, listening to him, it sounds like he should be able to adapt and be good at. Good one, man. Lance Lysowski looks like he's five years old. Thanks for the shout-out. Boy, he was just going scorched earth was Doug, huh? Yeah, me and Doug got a thing now. Brian's not an a-hole, not to us. I'm a little upset with Doug right now. Look, Doug. Doug. I'll be you, Doug. (laughs) Got this one from Grown Human Cartman. Jesus. At underscore Adam Crowley when (laughs) responding to the Twitter poll of which is the better food for cookouts. He said, meh. Burgers is still the answer. I don't know why I read that. That's not interesting at all. He didn't he didn't advance the topic any further. No. Is that me killing time before the holiday weekend? That might have been me subconsciously killing time before the holiday weekend. A little bit, but hey, that's what we do. Who does not kill time before the holiday holiday weekend? weekend. Yeah. I mean, look around the office. Nobody did anything today. Nobody's here. Half these people showed up just to say hi to everybody to show that they were here, and then they snuck off to lunch at about 9 o'clock. Never came back. Hell, you guys won't know, but maybe Matt Geick is taped. Matt Geick of DKPittsburghSports.com joins us now on the Crowley Show, and I guess I better go like this, Gajka. Uh, best cookout food side dishes. 
Baked beans, potato salad, coleslaw, or corn on the cob? Baked beans. Yes. Next question. Me too, pal. I'm a big baked beans guy. My wife, not so much, because I will just be ripping them all night long. But (laughs) I do like baked beans. As for the main course, dogs, burgers, kibasi, or Brian's contribution, which is pork shoulder, which I think belongs in like a different category, which is main, main course. Like, you would go to someone's house for pork shoulder. If I said I was having people over to grill and I was having beer, people would come over and eat dogs, burgers, and kibasi. I think pork shoulder should win in a landslide. What do you think? Yeah, pork shoulder, that almost feels like cheating, right? That's a little too fancy for my taste, for my blood, for the people that I usually hang out with. My typical type of stuff is what you listed there, and I would put kielbasa, number one, with a bullet. I'm Polish, so I'm biased in that one. Do you pronounce it kibasi or kibasa? It's my understanding that kielbasa is singular and kielbasi is plural, so um, I don't know which way you want to go with it, I suppose, in this case. When you're hanging out with your family, do we say you're the guy keys or the guy cuz? <laughs> we do not, but we're not comparing apples to apples here at all. How aren't we? <laughs> we are people. That's uh, There are different plural rules for people's last names compared to like words like kielbasa, kielbasi, which are in a, a different language altogether. The Geikies are coming over for kielbasa. I did that all wrong. Matt Geika joining us here on the Crowley Show. Okay, Geiks, if the Penguins were to trade Phil Kessel, yes. y- yay or nay? Uh, should they or will they? Should they and should will they? they? Uh, it's hard to say they should, right? Because I feel like he's coming off of his best season. If you're just looking at it from that outside perspective, I don't think he's had a better year where you could say the body of work was there in the regular season. The postseason, now who knows? That's where it's a game of he said, he said. And um, I don't know if, if Phil was hurt more than the Penguins are letting on or, or not. So we'll have to leave that up in the air, and I haven't been able to get any real information on that from anybody. So we'll let that go. But there, there's enough smoke here where you wonder uh, how big of a fire is it behind the scenes with Mike Sullivan perhaps not trusting Phil to give him the, the real scoop on how hurt he is or how he's feeling. So there's definitely a breakdown of trust somewhere in there. And if it's, if it's bad, if it's irreparable, then it would be wise to at least explore a deal. But I don't believe it is irreparable. I feel like that would be uh, – we, we'd have heard more about this than just in the last three weeks if it were that bad. I am so split here. If the Penguins keep Kessel and Kessel's healthy and produces the way he did the first couple of years in the playoffs, then they've got a really good chance to win the Stanley Cup. If they trade Phil Kessel, I trust Jim Rutherford to be able to bring in the pieces that can either replicate what he brought or add something else to the table, and I still think that they compete for a Stanley Cup. This isn't to say that I don't think Phil Kessel's incredibly valuable. In fact, they don't make the playoffs this year without Phil Kessel having the performance he did, but I'm actually not as amped up or, or aggravated as I thought I'd be whenever I first initially heard the report. I think it goes back for me. Three years ago, I thought if the Penguins get one or two good seasons out of them, it's, it's a good deal, and I believe they have gotten that, whether it be in the regular season or in the, or in the playoffs. So for me, they're at uh, the gravy point of, of the Phil Kessel acquisition now, so I don't feel like they, they have to hold on to them um, beyond reason here. They don't have to force it if, it's just not working anymore for whatever reason. So that informs it, too. I, I'm, I'm taking it as 
uh, Phil Kessel experience, if you will, and, and they've definitely cashed in on that. There's no doubt. They have. Do you think that under any circumstances they would trade both Phil Kessel and Chris Letang in the same offseason? Uh, no, I, I think I agree. one of those is enough. And if they had to roll someone over um, and, and just say, all right, he's going to be better next year, um, maybe it's Latang. I don't even know which one would be the better bet to bounce back at this point because they're both at a similar stage um, in terms of age and, and where, they're, where they're at in relation to their primes. But um, uh, Latang just never looked himself at all last season. It was a, a case of a different type of a player, it looked like, too. So um, if you're trying to sell to a different team and say, yeah, he'll, he'll be fine next year, maybe Kessel's the better bet, and maybe that's the guy that – that you could get better value for. So that's always the catch-22 with these trade situations, right? It absolutely is. Matt Geica joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Matt, what do you think about the anthem stuff? Do you have any opinions, I'm sure you do, on the policy that the NFL is attempting to enact? I do. Well, first of all, to hear Art Rooney the second talk about it, it feels like Roger Goodell pulled the wool over our eyes the other day when he said it was unanimous or insinuated that it was, and then Rudy says there wasn't even a real vote. So Well, that's why, to me, and, and sorry to cut you off, Matt, I am, okay. uh, it, it perturbed me when Art Rooney II was standing right next to Roger Goodell as he said it was unanimous. I didn't like that. Yeah, it feels like we're being not lied to necessarily. Well, maybe it is a, a lie, not a, not a major one, because the policy is still the policy at this point, and, and that's the most important thing. Uh, but this stuff matters. It matters to the Steelers, right, if they feel like their owner has their back or not. It matters to any other team out there or any other player out there who feels like he should have the right to protest or not. If I'm the NFL, though, I feel like this uh, – if I'm working for the NFL, I feel like this is a dumb move for the brand. Um, I'd rather they just try to run and hide and pretend like this problem didn't exist than enact this policy, which will just cause more angst, I think, and mm-hmm. will cause – more players to be upset at the league and feel like the league doesn't have their best interests as human beings in mind if they already didn't have doubt uh, about that because of the nature of football and, and the way that business goes generally. So this feels like a step backward for the NFL. Either go one way or the other, and it almost feels like they try to do um, a little bit of both, and I don't think they advance their cause one bit. They didn't, and isn't it very similar kind of to what the Steelers tried to do back in <laughs> Chicago? The Steelers said, let's not offend anyone. Let's keep everybody inside so that nobody can see us kneeling down or nobody can see division within our ranks. We want to be the unified cause, and their intentions were pure. I liked their idea. But then it all went to hell. I'm not sure the NFL's, in fact, I know that their intentions aren't pure, but at the same time, it's kind of what they're trying to do. They're trying to pick and choose. They're trying to please everyone, and it's just not going to work. I thought it was going away, man. There was like seven people at the end of last year who were kneeling down. It was going to fade away. It wasn't in my consciousness. I wasn't thinking about it. It wasn't in the forefront of my mind, and now it's in the forefront of everybody's mind. Doesn't it strike you as, there were maybe a group of politicians out there who in the midterm election year were thinking, well, we don't want this to happen. We don't uh, want this to pop up again. And, and they got a little too antsy about it. They, they pushed certain people with the NFL, and then the NFL was knee-jerk about it, too. I'm with you. I, I felt like it was over. if not over completely. At least it wasn't going to be a major story. And now, of course, week one we'll all be talking about, well, who's going to stay in the locker room, uh. who's not? It, it's... Um, well, for people like me and you who prefer to talk about the sports, in addition to uh, the cultural things are interesting, but this 
feels like it had been um, exhausted <laughs> in terms of uh, of interesting ways to, to angle it. It it is it was, and now it's back, and everyone's recycling their old takes. Uh, save for me, because I am the nuance king. Matt Gunka joining us here yeah. on the Crowley Show. You mentioned the midterms. I'm not all that. I, I might go the other way on that, where certain politicians who wanted to come out against the NFL one way or another wanted this all to happen. I think Donald Trump's going to use this to his advantage, because either way, he was going to rile his base up. Well, he's already done it, right? It took, what, a day? <laughs> and these quotes come out about if you're not standing for the anthem, you shouldn't even be in this country. So. Yeah, here we are again, right where we were several months ago, exactly where we wanted to be. And it'll get revved up again, so this is just a little preview here. So we all have that to look forward to. Matt, as for the Pirates, I'm a little irritated with the way the last nine games went. I thought, okay, go 6-3, and 7-2, and two, and you put yourself in a really good position. And, of course, they don't even go over 500. They go 4-5, and five, and a couple of devastating losses along the way. I'm not saying that they're not going to be able to right the ship, but this is certainly them taking on water. It's been a weird team, and I wrote about this on Pirates Prospects, but I'll, I'll reiterate it here. If you told me that Gregory Polanco, Josh Bell, and, and Jamison Tyon were all underperforming, I would have thought they'd be under 500 and out of it by Memorial Day, but they're not. Certain veterans have stepped up, like Cervelli's having a great season. Or Trevor Williams, who I didn't have much expectation for, is suddenly – maybe their most reliable starting pitcher. Um, it, it doesn't feel all like smoke and mirrors, but there are certain aspects to it that, that make you question whether this team is legit and whether they can hang in. Their saving grace all year has been their play against the division, and even that went away in Cincinnati this past week. So they finally lost a, a series to a division rival, and it happened to be the worst team in the division. But all that means is that they still have the, the better teams of the NL Central coming up. Um, so I don't know how much to read into this past week or week plus. I do know that there is a decision point coming here with Gregory Polanco and Austin Meadows, and credit to Meadows for coming out of the gate like this. I didn't necessarily expect that. So, yeah, it all comes back to the expectation game and, and where we are. They're ahead of expectations uh, as far as I'm concerned as a team and where they are in the standings, but they're about to be tested more than they have so far this season. So a nice first two months, no doubt. But there's still so much to go here before we can really get an idea of whether this team is an actual contender here this year. Last thing here for you, Geica. Capitals, Golden Knights, I don't have a feel for this thing at all. I really don't. (laughs) Well, I've picked against the Capitals in all three rounds. Yeah! So, So, yeah, I don't have much of of a feel on the east side. On the west side, yeah, I'd like Vegas to win the first two rounds. I thought... They were better than the Kings. It was a toss-up against the Sharks, and I gave it to them. Um, I can't believe they got rid of the Jets in five games. That, that still confuses me. Maybe it's just fatigue for Winnipeg, and they didn't have enough left after battling through Nashville in the second round. But the Knights are for real, and they had more scoring chances against, uh, against the Jets than they gave up. So mm-hmm. it's not like they lucked into that series win. Uh, they score a lot off the rush. We know how good Flurry's been playing, but it's not just him. It's it's a team that's relentless, and it's how they won in the regular season. They play the speed game to a tee, and they even got contributions from a fourth line that looked like maybe the worst one in hockey uh, coming into the playoffs, at least. Worst one in the playoffs, I would say. Ryan Reeves scores the winner. Things are going your way. Will that continue? Um, I don't know, because Washington has defied expectations here, too, on 
on the east side. But um, I keep coming back to depth, and at least in the top three lines, I love Vegas' uh, style of play, and I love what they do. And um, and I, I don't think there's anything about Flurry's play that's been a fluke. Yeah, he's had a couple of posts, but what goalie doesn't sure. at times? Yeah, he's uh, he's reached his potential at yeah. age 33, if you want to put yeah. it that way. So I'm picking Vegas in seven. I'm going to roll with him here. Love it, and I'd like to see that happen. Uh, Ovechkin's a hell of a player, but I'm a Penguins fan. And as a Penguins fan, above a hockey fan, I would rather not see Washington hoist that thing. Uh, Matt, I do think you made a really good point. Uh, as it relates to Winnipeg being gassed, that series against the Preds was kind of billed as the cup final. And then John Cooper on the other side, he talked about how important it was for his team to beat Boston and how they thought that they had jumped over that hurdle because they had lost to them a couple of times. And they thought that they were the cream of the crop, and I wonder if the same thing happened to them. Uh, thanks a lot for your time, buddy. As always, uh, enjoy your kielbasa, kielbasi, whatever, with the Geikies, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, I hope, friend. I plan on making it kielbasi, plural, because I'll be eating quite a bit. Yeah, I'm sure you will be. Chunky guy, you. Matt Geica, formerly of DKPittsburghSports.com. I always go down that route. Why did you take a shot at him? At Geica? Yeah. I don't like his hair. Makes me jealous. Okay. And the jawline. All right. He does have him. Oh, that is a jawline. It's a quality It's jawline. a superhero's jawline. Like, yeah, is. like that guy should be doing superhero landings all over the place. Mm-hmm. Maximum effort. Yeah. yeah. PittsburghHockeyNow.com and, of course, PiratesProspects.com. Coming up next, oh, we got to jam it all in. That's what he said. It is the hottest take of the day. Other crap, the three stars of the show and the three stars of the week. All on the way, it's the Crowley Show. I was driving in my car and I smelled a number five with fries. really go for some beans right now yeah mm-hmm. pork and beans yeah shoulder pork shoulder dude. i don't know why i'm getting all the hate <laughs> that doug guy really got under my skin <laughs> doug i'm doug <laughs> doug Everybody get up, it's time to slam now We got a real jam going down Welcome to the Space Jam Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam I've got updates on the Twitter polls here. Which team finishes with more wins by season's end? The Pirates or the Dodgers? This didn't take long for people to give up on the Buccos. 66% of the people who voted say the Dodgers are going to win more games than the Buccos. Best cookout food, main course category, dogs, burgers, kibasi, pork shoulder, burgers with 59% of the vote. In second was dogs. In third, though, pork shoulder. Third. Not bad. I know. Kabasi got buried in Pittsburgh. That is shocking to me. Best cookout food side dishes. 
Baked beans, potato salad, coleslaw, corn on the cob. Tom, your best guess as to which ran away with it. Corn on the cob. You nailed it. 42% of the vote, corn on the cob. What came in second? Uh, potato salad. And you nailed that. How about third? Uh, whatever the other option was that wasn't coleslaw. Baked beans. Baked beans. Baked beans. You nailed yeah. it. And whose list was better? <laughs> Crowley's or Chris Muller's? 52% of the vote said Crowley. Yes! Yeah! yeah. And Muller retweeted it, too. S- suck it, Malsey. Yeah! Suck it. Yeah, how about that? You make nine threes in a pickup game, but I beat you on the Twitter poll. I like Malsey, though. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest yeah. take of the day. <laughs> if you glance at the ratings for the Stanley Cup playoffs, number one, Pittsburgh television. Number two is Vegas. Number three, always and forever more, will be Buffalo. Now, even though they're a Canadian city, but all the way down at ten, Baltimore. Baltimore, DC's in the mix. I don't like these fake fans, man. And Brian, you're from the area. I had a roommate in college. Great guy. Name's Chris Haynes. He was an Orioles fan, but also he was a Nationals fan. And it's exactly the same thing here. They don't have a hockey club in Baltimore, so what do they do? They hop on the Caps bandwagon. Like leeches, these stupid-ass Baltimore people. And I'm talking about my relatives, too. My Uncle Dave, my Aunt Sharon, my cousin Chucky, my cousin Tony, my cousin Tear. Oh, the Caps, I love them so much. You a-holes didn't know the Caps existed six freaking years ago. Now you're all heading down the ocean. The O's are sucking, but they're hanging banners saying, all caps, we love them, we love them. You know why? Because you suck, O's. Now Buck Showwater, he throws on the hat. All caps, you're old. Get out of baseball. You can't manage. Your team freaking sucks. You all suck. Your crabs suck. Old Bay sucks. The Harbor sucks. Baltimore sucks. Eat it, bitches. That was a lukewarm take of the day. I feel better. Woo! Other crap. Brazilian soccer star Ronaldinho will marry two women at the same time. What a Ronaldinho. Woo! Other crap. I think he's going to score twice that night. Woo! Other crap. I bet they're both keepers. Woo! Other crap. Is he Mormon? Woo! Other crap. Yeah, doesn't he play for uh, Real Salt Lake? Woo! Other crap. Does he seriously play for Utah? No. Oh. Woo! Other crap. Chris Paul will miss Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals with an injury. Hey, Chris, nice hairline. Woo! Other crap. Nice hamstring, too. Woo! Other crap. Bartolo turned 45. His teammates got him cake. That's not good for his colon. Woo! Other crap. Cake is the last thing that that guy needs. Woo! Other crap. Trump pardon late boxing champion Jack Johnson. Who wants to tell him that he wasn't white? 
Woo! Other crap. And that he's not the singer. Woo! Other crap. Or the mediocre hockey player. Woo! Other crap. It's been 442 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Vince, the communist, communal. Kessel didn't, doesn't quite fit into the, the system that, uh, well, really, that any coach is preaching uh, <laughs> because he just doesn't uh, he just doesn't play defensively. But the results are hard to argue. He had a career season this year and finished the season with 92 points. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Brian LaMartina! Brought to you by the Erector Protector, protecting your junk since 2016. If you want to keep the bang out, yo wang, you need Erector Protector. Available at Walgreens, CVS, and Arby's. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Adam Corrales! Come with me, and you'll see. It's a world filled with all the meat that you want. All right, so I might have swung and missed there. I thought it was great. Yeah, me too. So did whoever chooses the three stars of the show. Hey, Tom, what day is it? It's Friday, Adam. It is not just any Friday. You know what kind of Friday it is? Can we go see a movie for free today? Oh, you know that's right. Oh, really? Free Movie Friday. Wow! Yeah, join the Free Movie Friday program with Adam Tickets because it's back. The Adam Tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and skip the lines. Today, Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance at free movie tickets. Text them now. Text BURGER to A-T-O-M-1. That's Burger to ATOM1 for your chance to win. Standard data and text message rates apply. Who let the dogs out? It's been a fun week. Nobody go out there drinking and driving. Drive to where you're going to drink. Drink there and then have someone else drive you home. That's what I'll be doing. I'm going to get plastered tonight. Good week, boys. Good job, Brian. Tom, you were just okay. We'll do it again on Tuesday. No show on Monday. How about that? Before we say goodbye, though, ear candy, courtesy of Brian LaMartina. It's the stars of the week. See you Tuesday, bitches. You not know any of the lyrics? There are no lyrics. <laughs> but if I had to mix them up, I would probably go with... Oh, Chechnya, oh, Chechnya, I love this freaking country. It is Emily Kaplan. Emily, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's my pleasure. I was uh, in Winnipeg all day, so this might be my highlight. I'm legit, right? That girl gets around. So they're doing their job by playing in the game, so that has nothing to do with their style. No, didn't you know, Devin, that their job is to sing every word in the national anthem? The national anthem in the flag represents to a lot of you people. What do you mean, you people? NFL wants to be the moral police on everything. 
unless you're Pat Patricia, then you get off scot-free for whatever reason. Not about the troops. So when people try to mutate and say, oh, they're disrespecting the troops, you're just twisting the narrative. Hello, Matt Williamson. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good. You want to talk about the flag or no? No. Michael Kendricks, good fit for the Steelers, yes? Yes, yes, yes. I don't mind a dude being a dude to his dude. You feel? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Rock's being a dude to his dude, dude. And I get that because I am a dude. I'm a dude. He's a dude. She's a dude. For now, it looks like Sutton's going to have to be the dime bag. Or dime bag. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all dudes. Hey, I'm a dude. He's a dude. Good burger. It is funny, though, isn't it, that Trump went full South Park? I mean, he actually became the characters on South Park that say, if you don't like it, you can get out. Hey, all you un-American bastards, if you don't like America, why don't you get out? Come with me, and you'll see. It's a world filled with all the meat that you want. No. Ah! Yes, yes, yes. America, then you can get it.